On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Hi guys, hola, welcome back. Thank you for listening to us again. We're not fired yet, surprisingly. So hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Yasmin Hamadi. And I'm Josie Toda. And, and this, this is, is Dare We Say. Oh, this is Dare We Say. <laughs> yes, great. Job. I have like a six second delay mentally. Oh. No, spiritually, I have a six second delay. <laughs> okay, okay. swing and a mess. Got it. How is everyone? How are we on this fine morning? <laughs> that was really, that was really great, guys. Um, did anyone see Nicki Minaj's um yes. VMA performance? Yes, it's yes. the way she said Barb's, but and I said me. She really came out to play Your Honor. That one's me. She is so incredible. The she was singing "Bees in the Trap," "Starships." She got the Vanguard Award. She she did get the Vanguard Award. Taylor, you see Taylor Swift with all of her crystals, like. This is my song right here. And I'm a Swifty. There's one thing about me is I'm a Swifty. I have dyslexia and I do have a fat ass. Yay. It was one of the best. Wait, first, Nikki. Yes, we love to see a black woman win, even though she's going to be problematic. Bad Bunny? Bad. Bad fucking Bunny kissing. Con todo el mundo. Yeah, exactly. That's what she said. Exactly what she said. He kissed kissed a guy and a girl. A guy and girl backup dancer. And honestly, I'm sorry. I think that was a big fuck you to everyone who's saying you're queer baiting. You're queer baiting. When he's like, honestly, I don't owe you shit, but look at me doing this. I actually, I really do believe that. I need to see that, but I love Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, and also Little Nas X during Little uh, and Nicki Minaj's performance. He was sitting down crying the entire time. Like this is. It was so. It gave me. I have goosebumps talking no, about it. No, last night was a moment, and like, shout out to Bad Bunny. Except for Young Gravy and Sherry Nicole. What the fuck okay, was that? I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know who that was prior to Addison Rae's mom and like Young Gravy, who are damn dirty dancing. I'm like, bro, that's who sings that. Damn, the you're so. Vi-. I'm like, wait, okay, he's you're dating making- Addison Rae's mom. Yes, and he took her to you the, the video, awards. and they're like kissing Josie, in the background. Josie, you're gonna I was like, die. What's going on? Yes, Josie, you're gonna you're die. Crazy. I had no idea. That's <laughs> Not fucking you're wild. Crazy. No, Josie, I'm going to send you the TikToks. It's literally, it was insane how he was like, this is uh, Sherry Nicole. And she's like, hi, I'm from Louisiana. Poor Addison Ray. I'm sorry. And Monty, wait, 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 she spoke? She was speaking? Like, what do you she mean? Was, There's yeah. like words came out of her little they mouth. They were on the red carpet together or the pink carpet because it's MTV. And she, she's like, she's like, yeah, it's fun. Gravy. Young gravy? What the fuck Aunt is that? Addison, Addison, Ray, Ray, Addison Ray's mom, like, she seems like she was made out of a test tube. Like, she does the not blue seem eyes, like a real, The blue eyes. She does that? not seem like a real human. Someone needs to, like, She's take not. her and bring her back to no. the suburb she came from. No. I don't and think it was Also, suburb, Addison but... Ray seems really cool. She does. I'm sorry. And also, can I just say, I feel really I bad feel for bad Addison. because like, I feel bad for her because her dad is like a fucking predator, like hitting what? on younger women at clubs. Oh, I don't know any yeah. of them. And also like he's allegedly, like, allegedly. He's, well, the video. <laughs> yes, of, lawyer. Gra- thank you. Yeah, she said allegedly. But Josie, Monty Lopez 
I said Josie because I don't feel like you follow. I don't the know whole any of these. He posted are. a story that said, "I'm glad Young Gravy took the leftovers." To the VMA. Was that her dad? Oh my god! Yeah, that's Addison's dad said that that's and posted awful. on his story. That's her dad. I that's feel her so dad. bad for these people. Awful. Can these people grow the fuck up? I'm sorry, you're over Fame forty. Hungry. If you are over forty, not to be ageist, but like you should be a better parent than that. Like, also, you have is, two younger kids. That makes me and really he's like, sad. I need a folk, and he's like a shirtless photo. I'm like, I saw Monty Lopez at Equinox once, and he had his sunglasses on the whole time, and he was wearing checkered pants. And I said, Dude, you've not done any physical activity at all. You're just like on that. your phone. That's disgusting. He probably went there to pick on girls. Oh God, a hundred percent, Here's my thing, though. I love the fact that a woman over forty was like feeling her sensuality and like 100%. on the carpet. You should I think that be, is so dope. Like, I agree. She wore a dress que like- It was sexy. Like, Go no, off. Like no tenia panty on that dress. Okay, honey? Because I'm yeah, like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, you can't wear anything. Josie, it was giving you at Alicia's. Yes. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. What the fuck? No, because I not it's no, not it's horrible because it was already wrong for me to wear it. But then, what for do you mean? Her, it was, it was a, not it, wrong. It was offensive. And you looked it was, amazing. It was against the law for you to wear that. <laughs> what I do have an issue with is the fact that like their drama is being put out in the public, like, and their kids are being affected by it. And I'm like, because they're facing the implications of you guys dealing with this in a public way. And I think this goes like, to a bigger thing. I'm sorry, so these many parents, parents disgust me. These parents disgust me. The people who profit off their children. And literally their children are probably paying their bills. And are the reason they even had an ounce of purpose outside of just being an evil white person. And now you're doing this behind your kid's back. Like you're fucking embarrassing. I'm sorry. That is not okay. No, I agree. That's really embarrassing. And also young gravy. You're like, I like older women, blah, blah, blah. That's not a personality. Well, he, he has no, I have no problem with him. He is, has a mouth. With him, I don't or know who whatever. most of these people are. I'm I don't just know. like, I just, I'm just like, protect your it's family. It's not a personality trait. It's not. Don't have all your business. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Alicia and I just went to Podcast Movement in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how was that? I mean, I know how it was because you, you said it was good, but I want to know because you haven't told me in depth. We missed you so much. It was so weird without you. But I just want to paint a picture of us being in fucking Dallas, Texas is when I get to the hotel room, I turn on the TV and the first thing to come up was Fox News, Hannity. And they're like, crime in communities, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we're not in California anymore. No, on the plane, <laughs> no joke. In my row alone, there were three people watching Fox News. And I was like, are you- That is horrifying. You guys need this to breathe, to survive. And like, it made me sad because I was kikiing with like the man next to me at the beginning of the flight. This like very lovely Asian man. And then he watched Fox News for three hours straight. Can I just say, Josie, if you were with me there, we, so Ben Shapiro and Candace yeah, Owens had were. a booth there. And so- Ben Shapiro was at He was actual, at the actual event. And I was like, I need to go walk up to this booth. I need to make a statement. And Alicia and our head of marketing was like, Yasmeen, we adore you don't. And I was like, if Josie I was here- I love that the head of marketing had to stop you. Like you were actually going to do it. This was well, like a proposal. I was like, that I was like why do you want to interact Did with they think him? you were going to assault him? No. Maybe a little. No, I'm just kidding. Never. I would never do that. Anyways. As she but, says, 
<laughs> Suspiciously. But, no, but it's the fact that I know you and I would go. I didn't even say anything. I just wanted to walk there. I do understand the wonder and just of kind wanting of, to see like the other side and how they're operating. Like, up well, close. I feel like that if I you get, like, but. I think this whole point of like also why we do this podcast is to not live in an echo chamber where like you're listening to the same ideas and same opinions over and over again. Not saying that. But I would, that's not sitting at a table with someone who has opposite views. That is going into like. A place the where they're going the to beast. the mouth of the beast. Like, what is he going to do for you to be in front like of Ben Shapiro? Like, what, what is that? He's also do? like, also, can I say, like, we said this last time in Pretty Privilege, how like the uglier your heart is, the uglier you are physically. And everyone in that booth was physically hard to look at. So, other than other than that, Texas was really fun. I think we were surprised by. How- I know. I was going to ask, how would you guys rate Texas on a scale of like, um, like uh, like a like Silver Lake to Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Like of of your time there, in that range, like how would you rate your time there? And also, would you go back? Mm. I'd go back to Austin <laughs> when we fully were not in Austin. When we weren't in Austin, I, I would. Still go back I to would Austin. go back to Dallas. Yeah, I had a good time, and also like we had a good time. All the people at the convention were lovely. I lived. And you guys my looked little- so hot. The way that ah. Alicia was sitting in that chair. With her legs to the side and the way that your pinky toe, Yasmin. No, 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 no. Can heel. someone please insert a photo? Is horrifying. Of my pinky toe. Her toe sat during this entire professional panel, just like off of the heel. I have flat feet. What am I supposed to do? Can you still I look just cute though? They're gonna rate my feet on like wiki feet now, and they're gonna give me like a I four. I have a low rating on wiki feet, and that is actually fucked. Can I everyone have, rate I think my I have feet? A high rating. Let me look at mine. I want. Josie, can I you, literally get well, how would you rate all the my time. feet? It's always a white and French toe. How would you rate my feet? Honest to God. I'm not rating your feet. Why? This is not Facebook in 2009. What? I'm not rating you. 2009? Uh, oh, are you coming from my oh, English? Are you coming from my English? That's crazy. You guys, crazy. I have a four Xenophobe. out of five. Fuck. <gasps> why, why don't I have a five out of five? Wait, can you check mine? Because last time I checked, it was low. And I was like, what the hell? Also, a guy yeah. told me this. They were like, have you checked out your wiki feet? I was like... Babe, we have no the same. We're both four out of five. Can I just say, like, we're talking to um, guests after, and Alicia's having great conversations, and I had a good one, and then a man comes up to me. Josie, he starts sobbing. What? What do you he mean? He starts sobbing to me. A grown man. He starts crying to me, and I'm like, what the f- uh, Okay, all right, we're here. And he's like, I have a podcast, too. And I was like, here we go. And he's like, what? Uh, my podcast, not going to say the name of the podcast, but it's basically- um, he was, he wanted to be added to the seat of the table and maybe wanted to be in spaces where um, he wasn't Wait, really. You, you're not explaining this at all. Well. He, was, he was a white man wanting to, he said, after George Floyd died, um, I wanted to be a part of the movement and I didn't feel um, welcomed in. Or accepted. Or accepted in. And I his said, words. Yeah. And I said, Okay. And he's like, would love for you and Alicia and Josie to come on my podcast. And I was like, okay, this is Jordan. He's head of marketing. Like, would love for you to chat with him. And then he comes back after. And Alicia looks at me. Alicia grabs my arm and she brings over her mother. (laughs) Because my mom was at this with me. Um, And I immediately was like, hi, I'm Alicia. This is my mom, Camelia. And like, let him know that there were other people in the presence. Um, All that aside, it was... It was cool a to really live our little time. country fantasy. I wear we cowboy loved, boots. We love like Sirius X and made about us the feel so comfortable and welcomed. And like yeah. we met so many amazing people. Yeah. And then we also talked about you to like unhealthy extent. So that was cool. We missed you. Well, I'm so proud of you guys. And I enjoyed you guys being on a closer time zone so that we could communicate um, easierly. And 
ultimately, I'm just glad that you guys represented the show and looked amazing and sounded brilliant. I watched some clips. And if there is anything that should be more separated than Yasmin's pinky toe and her foot, it is church and state. Okay. Should we get into it? Let's get into it. Today, we are going to be talking about the erosion of church and state and our personal relationship with religion. Also, super excited because we're doing our first edition of Advice to Our Elders, which is a program we are very excited to show you guys. Don't forget to follow us at Dare We Say on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash dare we say. We'll be right back. Okay, girls, today I want to talk about something that's really been weighing on my heart. You guys know, and I think most people who are familiar with me in any way, know that I was raised Christian and I believe in God and I believe in the value of religion and the Lord is the center of my own life. But what's been really conflicting for me is that for our generation, religion has become a bad word, right? But very understandably. You know, I am liberal, I'm an abolitionist, but I am Christian and I am proud of my faith, but what I'm not proud of and what I absolutely can't stand is how our government, specifically how the Supreme Court has weaponized religion and specifically Christianity to push their own conservative backwards agenda. And that's what I wanna talk about today. I wanna talk about the blatant government erosion of separation of church and state and the role that religion plays for not just our lives, but our entire generation. So let's quickly talk about the three major Supreme Court decisions this year that have been made on this topic. First, the court backed a Washington State public high school football coach who was suspended by a local school district for refusing to stop leading Christian prayers with players on the field after games. Two, the court endorsed taxpayer money paying for students to attend religious schools under a Maine tuition assistance program in rural areas lacking public high schools. And three, the court ruled in favor of a Christian group that sought to fly a flag embellished with a cross at Boston City Hall under a program that aimed at promoting diversity and tolerance among the city's different communities. So Mm. what do you guys make of this? Does it scare you? Does it surprise you? Let's talk about it. I mean, personally, I don't think religion has a place in our education system. I don't. I think it's something that everyone should have the religious freedom to practice no matter what in your home, with your friends, in your community, in your churches, in your mosques, in your temples. You know, I went to school in Dallas, Texas, and I remember us praying by the flag in the morning. Mm. And I remember us praying in class after. Yeah, we did that too. I went to Catholic high school. And mind you, I went to public schools. I've never gone to a private school. So, and I look back and it's really unfortunate for me because I felt empowered as a young Christian woman, but I obviously didn't think in this manner as a kid also because most people identified very openly as Christian. But now I look back and I think about what if I had a classmate that was Jewish? What if I had a classmate that was Muslim? They didn't get to say at seven or eight or nine years old, I don't want to pray to your God. I believe in a different God. I believe in a different belief system. Mm -hmm. And that really leaves me disheartened. Because I always felt celebrated and I always felt comfortable in my religion. But now I know peers that may have never even spoken about it didn't. And that makes me sad. Yeah, I think it's tough. I think there is a it's a very big conversation about a topic that gets bottled down to like 
like very molecular ideas. And it's like a very thin line between like, especially like in the first decision that you mentioned about the um, football coach who was suspended by local school district because um, he didn't want to stop like leading Christian prayers with players on the field, like fine line between separating like religion and then like free speech and him being Mm -hmm. able to like express it himself. Um, But I don't know, personally, you mentioned religion and education, like growing up, I always took religion classes in my Catholic high school. And I actually like enjoyed it because we Mm -hmm. like learned about religion as a form of history and less as like Mm -hmm. a part of, um, like as if we were like being ingrained to doing it, like it was, it was less mass and more of like just learning about different cultures. So it was more like cultural education. And I actually really appreciated that because we would once a month, we would change religion. I remember Mr. Jimenez, my (laughs) uh, junior year, or maybe it was my senior year religion teacher. Like we would um, like one month we did like Christianity and then Islam um, and Judaism and like, all these different types of religions. And I found that like to be very helpful. I think my issue is it's when like you're, you're being forced to think a certain way or when um, religion is like being used as a vehicle to like take the rights away from other people or Mm -hmm. to um, like shove people into a box. Like that's when it's a problem for me because obviously the separation of church and state has been a part of our country. It's a fabric of our, of our country and our democracy. And it's like, since the very beginning, it's been clear that, that there needs to be a a separation and that those two. Yeah. Absolutely. Clyde. My specific experience, kind of similar to what you were saying, Josie, I felt empowered. I enjoyed having religion kind of have a place in my education system, Mm. but I know as an adult, it shouldn't because I know Mm. that there are people from different walks of life, but it also gets really nuanced and complicated Because it's like, I know, for example, my cheer team prayed in high school. So it's like, if we all felt comfortable and identify with that religion, it could be something that brings us together and camaraderie. But at the same time, as a person who's proud to love the Lord, I also think one of the most dangerous ideologies in this country is radical Christianity. Mm -hmm. I think the most domestic terrorism that happens within this country is a result of radical Christianity. And I think we're starting to see that come back especially with like the far 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 right and like the extremities within that and just to be clear we have the receipts we have (laughs) mr president thomas jefferson little tommy jeff daddy um who said in an 1802 letter that the establishment um clause should represent a quote wall of separation end quote between like church and state so like it's been since 1802 and I'm very confused why people like Miss Representative Bobart are like deciding to diminish this and are like creating legislation like with with religion in mind to like persecute people yeah so I feel like when you have nine people in the Supreme Court uh, ruling decisions on what the law of the land is and um most of them are all Christians. I already think that's a problem in and of itself. I mean, the first clause in the literal Bill of Rights says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. 
That's the first clause of the Bill of Frickin' Rights. Yeah, and, and that is the fabric of our democracy is the fact that like we're we can we're supposed to be this country that says like we we respect independent belief and that we don't want to force people to like be a part of of an organized um of an organized religion or rule with that in mind. But this took me back. This triggered me into my poli sci class that I took um, my last semester of college. And I was researching all these people like Edmund Burke and Hayek and Schlesinger and um, of course, Daddy Marks. And um, like was realizing that like, obviously the reason why our country was created was to like avoid um, the way that religion was like, being involved in the structure of like, um, of, of their government and how people can like weaponize religion and mm. especially how conservatives and like right winged, um, people, they, they've been using religion, um, to establish like the morality of society, right. With, with like yep. Roe v. Wade and, yeah. um, obviously trying to ban gay marriage or make sure that that wasn't legalized for so long. And yeah, that speaks to like Edmund Burke's philosophy, which was like, we, um, the higher government, we need to have, um, we need to have big government when it comes to like morality, because we are the only people that know how these people can have like good lives and like everyone's ignorant and dumb. So we must like use God, God's will to like lead the people. And so although Uh, they're like using religion to establish morality, um, of, of the society or what they think is morality, they're at the same time limiting the freedom of others. Um, and not using it to support the welfare of people. So it's like, mm. God is important when, you know, a woman can't when it have makes a choice. Sense for you. Yeah. But yep. God isn't important when it comes to education or mental health and yes. resources for like low income people. And that's when I find it very interesting. And our, one of our favorite words here, we should put it on a goddamn t-shirt, um, <laughs> is that is hypocrisy. So yep. even though Jefferson literally like alluded to a wall of separation, both him and Madison rightfully would be accused by mixing religion and government, um, in the past as well. So like hypocrisy exists, no surprise. Madison, he issued proclamations of religious fasting and thanksgivings and Jefferson signed treaties that sent religious ministers, ministers to the native Americans. Like since its inception, like there has always been a blur. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's super like, it's super nuanced and complicated. And mind you, like as a religious person, I think family members of mine would not be happy that I support this quote, but mm. James Madison says religion and government will both exist in greater purity, the less that they are mixed together. And say I agree. That again. I, I, I think you should say that again. <laughs> I'll say it again for the people in the us. back. Religion and government will both exist in greater purity, the less that they are mixed together. together. Um, and as, as much as I want to have the prerogative to make religion such a large part of my life, I know that it doesn't allow us to progress as, as a country um, to have it, a, have it a part of our government. And also it's like, what religion are we talking about? Like, let's exactly. be honest. We yep. prioritize Christianity, which is wrong. 100%. Yep. Um, and then we demonize other religions. Like, why don't we talk about, I think in most schools, especially me living in Texas for a bunch of years, we were never talking about a law. Like, well, we because never- it's rooted in white supremacy. I mean, everything exactly. at the day is rooted in white everything, supremacy. Everything's rooted in white supremacy. But, you know, you know what's you, interesting? Josie. Yep. 
Allahu Akbar. Allahu People Akbar. are like, why'd you say that? Well, it means God is greater. God yeah. is greater than God is good. Yeah. You say that in a fucking, excuse my language. It's okay. You say that at an airport. You say that in a, a convenience store. You say that anywhere where predominantly people are white. They're like, you're going to bomb the place. Yeah. But you say that in English. And it's English. not just because you had a really bad burrito from LAX. And it's not really. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's rooted racism. in white supremacy. Josie, Josie thank is. you so much for bringing that up. Can I just, can I tell you both a personal story about, um, you don't know this actually, but I went to a Christian um, school in second grade. I didn't know that. I, I exactly. I don't tell people about that. I understand and, why. Yeah, and it was, be, and I'm not a Christian woman. I do believe in a higher power. I do believe in a God, but I'm more spiritual than I am religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents sent me there because it was a good schools. It, we didn't have great schools in the area, so I had to go to this school. I'm very privileged to have. Wait, there wasn't good gone. schools in Palo Alto. I wasn't in Palo Alto then. Oh, okay, sorry. I was in Fremont. <laughs> not me coming for you. <laughs> yeah, Literally, not you coming for me. Like, you were like, I there actually, wasn't really good enough. So the tuition wasn't expensive Valley. enough. There's so no good have... schools in Silicon Valley. No, I'm joking. But basically I went there and they would teach us math. They would teach us reading. They would teach us. We had two hours a day for the Bible, for Bible study. We didn't learn any science. None whatsoever. That's fine. No, it's not. And so I started going to bed. I was eight years old and I started saying prayer my parents were like we don't pray really why is she praying before bed and I would say forgive me lord I'm a sinner at eight years old every night before I went to bed I'm a sinner I'm a sinner imagine I'm sorry I know it's like that's funny looking back at little Yasmin saying I'm a sinner but actually how sad it is it how sad it is a little eight-year-old who's Wait, done why nothing do you think wrong. you were a sinner because they would say we're all sinners in this world we are all sinners and you should always be repenting for your sins every day. So my mom and dad went and talked to the priest of the school and were like, why are you telling my little kid that she's a sinner? And this guy looks at my mom and goes, well, because she is. You're a sinner. Terrifying. Your little son and daughter who are four years old are sinners. And my parents were like, we're, they took me out so fucking fast because it puts this mentality in your head. And I think this is the part, I think religion is, this is, people are going to come for me for saying this. Religion is one of the most beautiful one of the most harmonious things on this planet, but is equally one of the most destructive and dangerous things because people are extreme and people don't know. And I think people also dismiss accountability with religion. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. What do you think of that? No, I think, mind you, I I usually don't have the opportunity to go this in depth about my religious views, but I think I would be naive to mm. not acknowledge the fact I'm fully a black woman in America and people mm. had slaves and murdered black and indigenous people in the name of the Lord. Mm. So like, I think to be a spiritual or religious person, I do also have to acknowledge our dark past. Um, and also that is one of the main reasons that I know Christianity and any religion can be taken way too far and awful atrocities can be done in the name of quote unquote a religion. And that is one of the reasons that it needs to be kept out of the government. Like we have seen people use the name of the Lord, which hmm, don't even get me started because I will bring out scriptures that say that if you really believe in certain religious or spiritual ideals, it talks about equity and supporting people living in their truth and love. And that's why religion has been in 
important and empowering factor in my own life, but we've already seen it. And it feels like we're currently watching the digression of our um, generation in regards to the government trying to implement religion and specifically Christianity more into the government. We've seen it already. We've seen them uh, go against, um, you know, that we've seen the Supreme Court support anti-LGBTQIA plus bills and people trying to push their own conservative agenda agenda not even because they believe in god but because it's greed it's about it's about oppression it's about oppression and it's about political clout it's about a radical group in this country that wants to preserve their own ideas and oppress other people in the name of that and i'm sorry honey religion is literally a vehicle for oppression sometimes and i think it's important to say that and Mm -hmm. also we're supposed to be america we're supposed to be like i mean i remember the land of the free lol yeah, I remember just like reading um, the um, in, like a scripture in the Bible, like about sodomy and like how um, Saudi Arabia like has like persecuted gay people for gay and trans people for so long. And yep. I'm just like, we are supposed to be the people that like allow people to like live their lives and not to enforce like religious ideology onto other people. And like, you know, hearing things like, a literal representative in the House of Representatives for uh, Bobert, baby bitch Bobert, <laughs> baby, baby bitch, Bobert, bitch Bo- saying, like, saying, uh, I'm tired. This is the quote that she said. She said, I'm tired of this separation in ch- uh, of church and state junk. That is what she said. That's not even like blurring the line. That's like taking the line and fucking yeah. bon- shitting on it using a squatty potty and, <laughs> and, and then throwing it in the trash. Like, This is so, it is so, so scary. And I also just want to say very quickly to all the people that are like the sentence, like separation, there should be a separation of church and state doesn't exist verbatim word for word in the constitution. Well, to all those people, so many accepted constitutional principles did not exist verbatim in the way that like we saw the Mm -hmm. constitution then as we, as we see life now, like such a separation of powers, judicial review, executive privilege, and the, or the right to marry, and even like parental rights. And yeah, I'm so I'm just very sick of people fucking using that as oh, I almost peed. Um, so yeah, I'm sick of people using that as an excuse, as an excuse no. to like not acknowledge it or to be like we didn't. That wasn't in the Constitution. Like <laughs> of all the things they got wrong, like. This is one thing that I'm like, aren't you guys so dead set on preserving this fucking fundamentalist? Like, but then, yeah, but like, then, but then, but then when it doesn't serve you, you're like, nah, you I don't pick hear and it. Choose church and when state, you want to be church and state. Wait, what? They're one. They're one. But mind you, like, you guys can't let go of your guns. Like, also because God said to keep diff- the guns. No, like, they, no, no, the way no, that I can probably like, talk about it for Eon, so I won't even open the door. But I'm no, like, open the door. are you guys, door. Are you guys ha- happy with our presence, like state as a country? Like you guys are Honey, so, no. you guys are so adamant about preserving this thing that was written when like women weren't people and black people didn't have any rights. And we're like, like it just, uh, it boils my blood that so much of like, for example, Roe versus Wade. Yeah. The Supreme Court overruling. Yeah. Religion is the number one reason why it was overruled, in my opinion, because it is a life under God, under a religion. No, it's not. And you get to pick and choose 
when you want to be a Christian or when you want to be religious and when you want to believe, be a good person. Because you already know all these extremists are Thank like you. cheating on their partners. You know that they're oh, honey. eating shellfish. Honey. I know the Bible says don't eat shellfish. Honey. You're, they're ha- been divorced. They're fucking the secretary. You know they're doing all of these things. Shut up. You know you're like... You're a racist. You know you're homophobic, even though God says love love thy neighbor, right? <laughs> shut up. Literally shut yes, up. Yeah, like, what? Um, I'm so disgusted. And people are like, that's a life. But telling a person whether or not you want to carry a, a, a fetus, a fucking zygote. It's not even a thing yet. All yes. the way to term because you have to. Shame on you. The I'm way- not kidding you. I'm disgusted by you. I'm disgusted. Like, it actually makes my fucking blood boil. I have to say, like... With the Roe v. Wade decision, seeing Christians cheer and cry of joy was actually one of the most ashamed I've ever been to be a Christian. And one of the hills in which I will die on, and man does it irk Christians, um, is when you write out the ideals that are quote unquote liberal, right? So let's talk about universal health care, education for all. Liberal. Serving serving the unhoused. Let's just put it on a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. And you put scriptures down, but you didn't have the fact that these laws are conservative or these laws are liberal. Scriptures align with liberal ideals, honey. What did quote unquote Jesus do when he was on this earth? He spent time with people that were um, deemed undesirable. He washed the feet of prostitutes. He provided for those that... The people in power were not. And I literally quote scripture, do everything in love, Corinthians 16, 14, Isaiah 58, 10. If you give some of your own food to those who are hungry and to satisfy the needs of those who are humble, Deuteronomy 10, 17, God is mighty and awesome and shows no partiality and doesn't accept any bribes. It's a, literally a scripture about equity. No master is greater than any servant. Romans 2, 11, for God does not show favoritism. Matthew 22, 38, the first great commandment is to love thy neighbor. None of that talks about you making decisions about other people's bodies or whom they choose to love. The hypocrisy is disgusting. And honestly, I am so embarrassed sometimes to be a Christian. Obviously, I'm proud of my religion. But when I see law supported like this, I'm like, y'all aren't reading the same Bible, honey. You are wanting to oppress people and you guys are greedy politicians that are Mm -hmm. trying to preserve ideology and rhetoric that has nothing to do with our religion. Yes. Well, because they're they're weaponizing religion. At the end of the day, I mean, I don't want to bore everyone's ears by saying white supremacy a thousand times, but it all boils down to that. I mean, if religion was Pam, capitalism is Tommy. And what I mean by that is how the government has weaponized religion in efforts to maintain capitalism and maintain the upper class. Yes, Josie. And in order for class systems to to exist, they, they need to continue oppressing people, as we know. And when it yep. comes to something like Roe v. Raid, these people are not dumb. They know that, know you know, exactly banning abortion is going to directly, this is not a new idea. This is, a t- everyone knows this. This isn't profound, but like that it is going to directly affect like the lower class because people like us who, you know, have money to live and to provide for ourselves can get an abortion. And the people that can't, 
you know, they can't fly somewhere new and they're forced, they're forced to have a child that like either has like a disability or some sort of like mutation or like either they have to die while having it or the child does grow up and they can't take care of it because they don't have the money to. And then that child becomes its mother's legacy, which is like maintaining the lower class. And that is what their goal is to do is to, to continue to make people, you know, poorer and more oppressed in order to like, get keep, richer yeah in order to keep power. the people richer and the, you know yeah it's, that, yeah it's just disgusting exactly it's about institutional oppression it's about bureaucracy like it's disgusting like if people were quote-unquote really pro-life you would be doing more to preserve the life when it was right here mm. on this planet you would care about mm-hmm. climate crisis you would care about the unhoused epidemic you would care about supporting people and you don't you would care about black and brown people Y'all, y'all are the same people that are saying that you're pro-life, but couldn't say black lives matter when we were getting murdered in the street. Right. Like, like they, they're saying that politicians specifically are just wanting to, to keep people riled up. Like, you know, this is a quote. They have interest in keeping the same base riled up about one thing or another. And when one issue fades, as with same-sex relationships and same-sex marriage, they've got to find something else. Balmer said, it's almost frantic. In regards to coming after, unfortunately, um, the trans community who already has a target on their back. It's disgusting that we really have a Supreme Court that is oppressing people and supporting legislation that is going to end up in people dying because of violence. Because it's violence. It's utter violence. And I I just, I, I don't understand how people are sitting here in DC and really cheering this on and thinking that they're making our country and thinking that they're making our society better by continuously trying to do more because they're coming after queer people. They're coming after people within lower socioeconomic status, but in the they're name- They're coming after every other religion other than Christianity. That's, yeah. that's that. So the right and conservative fixation on social issues like abortion, religious-based education, and LGBTQIA rights has served them two purposes. It keeps evangelicals a cohesive voting unit, but has also formed an ideological bedrock for religious right. But ironically, our generation, more than any generation before us, identify as agnostic or non-religious. And how do Hmm. we feel about that? I think that shows, and I think it's going to show um, and be reflected into, you know, how the government is ran when we're the people running it. Mm -hmm. In that the generations now, like... Um, the boomers and then the people that are already in the ground um, they have used religion because it's it's a part of their life. I don't think religion is going to go anywhere just because we now have like 18 percent of of like of Gen Z um, who are who either identify as either atheist or agnostic because people are still going to continue to be radical like the far right wing group isn't going anywhere. And I think it's only going to be galvanized more and more. Um, but I still think that it's going to create room for people who are going to legislate with more of an open mind and with less of a, like religious imposing, um, lens than what is what we're seeing now. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who are agnostic. One, I I agree with Josie. Like, I think it is going to greatly influence the way that decisions are made politically. Completely. The fact that we aren't as religious as the generation before us. But it makes me laugh because the irony of 
how Christians are so hell bent on, you know, imposing their beliefs on other people. It's now making our generation have such a distaste for religion that we are the like least religious that the country's ever been. It's funny because conservatives and people from the right are like pushing religion and pushing scripture down our throats so much to the fact that our generation kind of detests religion. Like personally, as a spiritual person, as a person who says that I love the Lord and I do identify as Christian, even though I critique it a lot, um, I have so much compassion for when people are like, I don't do church and I don't do religion. Mm. And then I'm like, yeah, I understand why. I, as a Christian, will like honestly say some of the worst, most judgmental people I've ever met have been in the church because I think that they care less about the relationship they have with the Lord and being loving, compassionate, empathetic people and more about opposing, you know, what they think quote unquote is wrong. Yeah. And I've actually even talked about you being Christian. People have been like, Oh my God, your friend's Christian. Like, are are you scared of her? And I'm like, no, she's amazing. And I think that just goes to show that like, obviously like no group is a monolith. We talk about that Mm -hmm. all the time when it comes to like race, culture, class, ethnicity, like, not all group thinks alike and yep. not every organization um, not every people part of an organization stands for, for what that religion or organization is. Yeah. And I think that something that I'm really happy about seeing like on TikTok is how much like spirituality has become like a mm. big thing and less like religion. And I like would be really excited to see like how that allows people to like dictate decisions. Um, and just by like following your just, you know, your natural spirit and by what you want and less about like what someone wrote in a book like hundreds of years ago. Yeah. I I think ultimately that like what we found is that religion can be a beautiful thing, but it also can be dangerous and like incorporating religion and government is, is, can be a weapon and can be weaponized and is, has been used to oppress people. That's just fact. And I think all that we can do is just, you know, people like you yourself, Alicia, like spreading the actual good word of God and uh, allowing to just be yourself unapologetically. I don't think we should just like make it not cool to be Christian anymore. Yeah. I think we should just like, you know, keep promoting the fact that like good, good Christians exist. And at the end of the day that like be Christian, period, the house down, boots, slay. Boots slay. Oh my God, I'm like Girl. a white ally. Yeah, be, <laughs> Josie's be, a white be, ally. Be Christian, like the house down, like boots, but like, <laughs> don't do it on the house floor. Yeah. Don't do it in yeah. our legislation. Yeah. Boots the house down, like, but not on the house floor. Keep toxic. it in, like, please pray to whatever God you believe in. Please be proud of your religion as well. Cause I think that's a dangerous fear as well. Like we can't make people feel awful for for like for like their spirituality and their religion but like we can't impose our ideas on other people like and also like PSA to people of walk of faith any walk of faith or any religion like you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not learning and considering the people outside of yourself like there's so much beauty in all religions I know even though like I identify as Christian like I have had such fruitful experiences um, with people of different religions, you know, like I, I think, you know, fasting for, uh, Ramadan is beautiful. And I've stood in solidarity with my, um, brothers and sisters and siblings and other religions and, in their practices, you know, um, I, so I, I, I think that as a society, I hope that we are more open-minded, but 
understand that it can't have a place in our government. It can't have a place um, in our state because it inevitably leads to the erosion of human rights and oppressing people. So I hope that people can live in their truth and decide what empowers them because that looks different for for each person and find beauty in all religions. Um, But understand that it radically having a place in our government can't be a thing. And if you're a person trying to implement your own religion onto other people, I think that you need to be introspective and ask yourself if you're really um, celebrating your religion because you're proud to be a part of that community or because you want to control other people. I just want to say to to all of these people and, and to anyone out there and not not just people who are religious, but anyone that subscribes to any belief anywhere is to just be more open and to just love more and to move about life with more love and more empathy because we don't have any room for exclusion anymore. We don't have any room for Mm. intolerance and unacceptance anymore. And I think that in a world right now where people are rapidly losing their rights left and right, like, we we just have to move forward and act with our heart and not with what's something we read in a, in a book um, when we were younger or scripture that you believe, you know, gives you the right to impose on other people. And I just think the more that, I mean, not to sound all woohoo, eat, pray, love, but like just the more like genuine compassion that, that we have and, and the less convoluted we get, when it comes to talking about like religion and involving that in our politics, I think the better we will be as people. And I think we are just losing a lot of empathy, which is literally the opposite of what God intended. And I know that because he is my dad. Dare we say is brought to you by squatty potty. What was that sound? That's the sound of me using the toilet on my (laughs) squatty potty. (laughs) You guys, the squatty potty puts your body in a natural squatting position, which our bodies were anatomically designed to poop that way. It is clinically proven to help you poop better. And over 8 million people take the best stools and poops of their life. There's more than 10,000 five-star reviews. I mean, what more do you need to know? There's also a 60 day money back guarantee. So if you decide to shit on that squatting pot, not on it, of course, but using it for 60 days straight, that's 60 free shits that you would not have gotten. And then you could just send it back. But why would you want to do that? Because once you poop good, you never leave the poop You never go back. No, you never go back. And here's the thing to our listeners, to our viewers. We give so much of a shit about you. We care so much about you that we're giving you not 10%, not 15%, but 20% off your purchase if you go to squattypotty.com slash dare. Let me repeat it for you. Squattypotty.com slash dare for 20 freaking percent off your purchase. You're welcome. And can I just say the Squatty Body has improved my life tremendously. It really has. I also just feel like everyone we know has problems with their bowels. We it's just all like really, a thing. we really do. Hot girls have stool problems. I just I want everyone to like fucking have the best poop of your life. Send us a video of it. Go to squattypotty.com no, 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 and be on no. your squatty potty. No, we don't we don't want that. 
Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Basically, you all know us for being the Gen Zers, the young and the restless, the pretty ones, the iconic ones, the hot ones, your favorite ones, parents' favorites. But there's something about my relationship with my grandparents and my relationship with people who are older. Some might call me an old soul. And so, but there's this disconnect and I just can't quite put my finger on it. So we have a cute little quirky segment called Advice to an Elder. And what we do is we, or actually our producers, reach out to the elder community. <laughs> and was that ages? <laughs> Cancel me. And so what they do is they reach re- out to really old people. They reach out to really old people and ask them questions or ask them what questions they have for their favorite Gen Z trio. Our first one is like 28, right? Uh, Apparently our our first one is... 30 hours later. They're so old. I just want to say we love, we respect and worship mm, our elders. They walked so we could scroll. And for that, we just want to pay tribute and give back to a society's cutest and tragically overlooked group (laughs) of people with a segment we're calling (gasps) Advice to an Elder. <laughs> like a sex phone hotline. Well, it's not. So we solicited questions from the boomers plus generations and gave them free reign to ask us whatever they wanted. So let's get into it. Woo. I'm excited for being Okay. This is Rita. She's 52. Hi, from Rita. San Francisco. She says, hi, I'm a woman in my 50s and I've been single since moving to a new city. Between a pandemic and a new life, I haven't made dating a priority, but I'm thinking of doing that. What are words of encouragement or advice you have for me? And how would you feel about dating someone younger, like a decade younger? Rita, I'm so grateful that you asked this question. First of all, thank you for being vulnerable with us to talk about your dating life and that you haven't been dating. That's like important to acknowledge that you've been out of the game for a little. And so for that, I would recommend first and foremost, get take some cute photos of yourself, get dolled up however you feel most confident, comfortable, sexy, gorgeous. Take some photos and dare we say, get on the apps. Yeah, I would say, honestly, so I have a mom in her 50s. <laughs> you have a mom? That's End crazy. of story. Yeah. I have a, well, some people don't. It's, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, I have a mom in her 50s. And something that I always tell my mom is like, you need to like feel hot. Like, I feel like you need to take yourself on a date first and like if you're having trouble dating people I feel like you need to like wife yourself up like start doing self-care things like you know like lighting some candles and like playing some R&B and like you know being alone with yourself and journaling and like taking yourself to dinner and like really finding like your sexiness in yourself and like reinvigorating that part of yourself because I think that can be lost especially if you're just coming out of a relationship or you're moving to a new place, like go to a bar and like sit there alone, like go to a, like an expensive, like the 
like where should she go? Like the Ritz Carlton. No, no, go go to the wharf. Go yeah. go to the marina. Go get a drink after oh, work. No, I'm She's sorry. In and Fra- also San Francisco. You're in yeah. you're Josie and I are from the Bay yeah. Area. So like go out, go to these college um don't go to these college bars. What am I saying? But like girl, I also go to think, Westwood and the Marina. <laughs> well, I here's my thing. You're 52, you're still young. You know, get out there, Thank go you, out yeah. there. You're sexy, you're beautiful, yeah. as long as you feel it. I also would say get therapy because I feel like you should be talking to someone through this because this is like a very transitional point of your time since you have been single for a while and dating is scary. Yeah. Um, was, I'm, I'm not saying that in like a disrespectful way. We're all in therapy or at least yeah. should no, be in that's therapy. Not you're the only one of us that's in therapy. Well, y'all both should <laughs> be therapy in therapy. Yes, and we so want, we want, no, we want to be in therapy. So anyways, I mean that as in like we suck, like where we yeah. want to start. Let's talk. No, Yazzie, okay. we're proud of you. But I will say <laughs> going off of what Yaz said, the reality of it is, no matter what age you are, I think dating is scary. Like, I yeah. just turned 23, and it is difficult for me. I feel like I don't understand what's going on. Like, I feel um, as if, um, you know, kind of disoriented by dating sometimes. So I will say, like, give yourself grace, mama. And thank you for even asking. And the fact that you're even at a place to discuss it and, like, ask these crazy kooky girls on this random podcast— she um, has, she says, no idea who they yeah, are. Yeah, nobody who, no who. No. I, I, before of we, before but we even pose the question, I think um, is is special. So like I would go off of what Yaz and Josie said and like take care of your heart and like your space and energy first and do things that make you feel beautiful and that will allow you in the space to meet new people and like put yourself out there. Have fun. Like what is I there to lose? I would recommend Bumble. Like, for you specifically. I, I if say, I was a doctor and I was giving my doctor's order for a prescription, I'm going to recommend Bumble to start out because you get to swipe. Yeah. So like first. join the apps if you feel comfortable doing so. But also go to coffee shops. Like put yourself in maybe new spaces um, and be willing to meet people and stuff. But I think that that's amazing that you're in a new place and willing to date. And also to answer your question, do we think it's cool um, or what's our opinion about dating someone a decade younger? Baby, go for it. Well, we can't. What? We're 23. That would be 13 years Not old. Not us. I'm talking so. about Rita. Yo, what the hell? Second funniest thing I did today, Josie. Um, She's not high-fiving oh, me back. Oh, hell no. Nah. Okay. I'm Espérate. Okay, Aperate. but I understand what you're saying. We could date someone 10 years older than us. Um, hello? No. She asked a specific question. I'm not talking about ourselves because I'm not trying to go to jail and ill. That's nasty. <laughs> yeah, we know. Rita That's said, what I'm saying. We can't. How I'm do you feel about— Zoe Kravitz is crying right now. How—, how why I is she crying? Sad. Because of her thing with Jaden Smith. Anyways. <gasps> yeah. Guys, okay. Rita specifically, Rita asked if, how do you feel about she's, dating she's someone yum, younger, um, like a decade younger? So I'm saying yes. for her, that she is beautiful. If you feel like you have a genuine, sincere connection with this person and you want to explore a connection, baby girl, do that. We don't do social yes. standards here. Um, do what feels natural and legal since y'all wanted to take it. Yeah, there. but also... Over 30, I would say, is a nice benchmark. Oh, my God. Okay, Anyways, next yes. question. Next this question. is Maria, 64. She lives in Mill Valley. Okay. My daughters are in their 30s and 95% financially independent, but they still have access to my credit cards, which I allow in case of emergency. I want to be there for them and help them when they need it, but, oh, my God, it drives me crazy seeing charges that aren't mine. How do I get my daughters off my credit cards? Maria... Yo, it's time to step up uh, and literally cut those daughters off. I swear, rip those cards in half, throw them in a shredder, send them to a sewer. Your daughters are grown. They're yeah. in their 30s. They should not even know how to find 
your money or your cash. Yeah, it's you are sixty four years that? old. You worked your entire life for someone who's half your age to spend money. At, I don't know, like Bloomingdale's and on Uber Eats and on Postmates. Like you're pushing like almost seventy. Like spend that money on yourself. I can't. buy yourself some lingerie. Buy yourself a vacation. Like yeah, they, no. Sh- Abs- daughter should not be spending yeah, money. Yeah. That's, and, that's and insane. She, they should be consulting and asking your permission before yeah. ever I, even thinking about doing that. Because yeah. I was gonna say, hey, socioeconomically, people are different places in life, but just like frivolous shit that they're spending your money on and that is absolutely 30s. not unless you're like a billionaire so, then like, like, I guess pop off yeah like, but like, see not even because I think it's like it's a conversation about principle and respect like, yeah but like if your daddy's like Jeff Bezos first of all you shouldn't be having a billion dollars but like I'll take that money if it was <laughs> if, but you know what I'm saying like so Mama Maria we love you and I think it's beautiful that you wanted to help support your daughters for so long but we gotta cut the cord yeah because also even if you have it it's the principle of your money is your money and they should be at a place and financially responsible enough. Like I am literally almost 10 years younger and out of principle. You know what I mean? I don't want my mother to help because she's made all these sacrifices for me to be at a place where I'm financially stable and making choices for myself. So Mama Maria, like Josie and, said, and cut them cards up. Cut them, Absolutely cut not. Cut them cards up. And by the way, that's coming from I'm a reformed child spender. I'm a surviving child spender. <sighs> I personally... Yeah, I think one time when I was like 13 years old, I got an Uber to take my middle school friends and I to Vegas. So, yeah. Um, um, all, I, all, all that goes to say is that my parents, I, I did, when I started paying for everything, my life got, my relationship with them got better, but it also made me started appreciating mm. stuff a lot more. Like I didn't, I was, I was more grateful and I was more excited to actually like own stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's You're, like also teaching them a, a, like a lesson. So you like, have to work. You for should your be stuff. responsible, and you shouldn't be relying on your mother simply out of comfort. That is not fair. So, Mama Maria, frankly, sit them down and transparently tell them this is not okay. I shouldn't see random expenses, especially because you're not articulating what's going on to me. Um, and don't feel bad about cutting the cord. Take that agency back, and you've supported them long enough. That that's not happening and anymore. And send them the bill, honestly. Send them the yeah, bill. be like, hey, do you mind? I also, I hope you have like a, a plane's worth of frequent file miles that they're spending this on your credit card. I'm like, are you, do you have it on automatic payment? How are you making your Please. bill? Yeah. It's, not no we, yeah. it's not happening no more. Yeah. Okay, next question comes from Paul, who's 60 and he's in St. Louis. <gasps> Hi, Paul. Should geezers ever dance? I don't know. If so, <laughs> to what? And when? Geezers. Oh, that means like old people. Oh my God, you guys. Yeah, it's old people. When you said geezer, I like thought you were like talking like this. Like a geezer geezer back in London. No, when you said St. Louis, and I just didn't know if that was like a farmer's Uh, reference. I'm going to keep it a buck. I didn't know geezer was like a word that you I thought it was like literally from the Night Kingdom. Wait, so should they dance? I mean, I guess so. Yes, you should be dancing to your last fucking breath, you guys. Dancing literally (laughs) makes you happy. It creates endorphins in your body. Dance the night away, Paul. That was so beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's all I have to say is dance the night away. Paul, yeah, Paul, answer. dance. Like, you should be twerking. You should be bachataing. You should be doing everything. Everything under the sun. What, what song should he be Did you guys see to? the old guy that went on to Jimmy, Jimmy Elton, Fallon and danced with Dua Lipa? I was just about to say Elton John and Dua Lipa. That's what you should be dancing to. No, I wasn't talking about Elton John. I was talking about a random old man who danced with Dua Lipa. Anyway, nope. but that's all. Just dance. Just dance. And songs? Um, we can make a playlist for the elders. But we, is that what we can do that. <laughs> I think that anything by the City Girls. Period. We should, we should make, make a, a playlist for the elders. But also, like, 
I want to implore you, Paul, to explore music that maybe you didn't listen to in your youthful years. Lana Del Rey. So like, get out. No, I'm just I'm kidding. an apologist. I don't get care. Out. Leave. Right now. Listen to JoJo. Yeah, JoJo's amazing. JoJo. And she's also engaged to our brother. So yeah. listen to JoJo. Okay, so Ben65 from Indiana is asking, why do Gen Z workers change jobs, careers so often? And why do Gen Z workers feel so entitled? I feel like I can answer this one because I've changed yeah. jobs. So but wait, many. can I acknowledge the shade in his question? Yeah, first and foremost, Ben, <laughs> you're from Indiana. Also, oh, that's it. Yeah, okay. literally, no. like, if you're living Mike in Indiana. Mike Pence is from Indiana. Sorry. Stop. Don't so do is that. Addison Ray. We love all oh, our... She's from Louisiana. Louisiana. I think they're I the same Smith. thing. We love all our elders, but I just... I had to give a subtle nod to the shade in that question. He said, y'all don't know what y'all want, but Yazzie, what's I, your opinion? Because I have a strong opinion so on I this So I want to just well. say, I've changed jobs so often. The reason why I feel like Gen Zers change so often is because we actually do care about our mental health more than I feel like um, other... Generations we're allowed to. I feel like it's because we're allowed to think more and it's more, we're allowed to, we put our happiness first more than just working a nine to five in a cubicle. I think that's so much, like my parents say that to me all the time. They're like, your generation, you guys feel so entitled. You guys get to just roam around and do what you want, pick up a job and then go to a next one. But that's because usually when you're at a job, you, I feel like you sell your soul to it. A lot of these corporate jobs. Well, at least like that's what we're conditioned to t like to think to and think, to believe. You know, like under the capitalistic structure, we are told, you know, your job has to come first, and you shouldn't be happy, and that you should be okay. I was raised to think that. You know what I mean? Like we all come from immigrant households, and I'm like first gen, like Bobby's off the boat, and I'm very proud of yeah. it. But something that I'm always talking about. So to answer his question in regards to like why do we switch so much? I think it's because like we are striving not only to make money and to achieve our goals, but to be happy, like Yaz is saying. And I say this all the time, like my parents weren't able to do so much because they were burdened with survival. Yes. Whereas I now have the space to explore self-fulfillment. Right, Alicia. And that was something that my parents and family members have never gotten. Because they so, didn't have the opportunity yes, exactly. to. So that comes with me wanting to change jobs and explore new things and be this multifaceted. And that's a privilege to be able that's a to privilege. do so. And to be this multi-hyphenate, you know, that wants to be an actress and voice her opinions as an activist and dance and do all of these things. That's something that like generations before were told that they couldn't. So now we live in this new space and world. Um that tells us go for what you want and we are allowed the privilege to. So I think that's why people in our generation are changing jobs so much because we want to break the mold and we'll we want to be satisfied. More. They will never be satisfied. Does that answer your question, Paul? From Indiana. <laughs> On behalf of Paul, yes. Um, okay, next question comes from Pam61 in Missouri. Pam. How could the Democrats slash Biden improve their tactics and messaging and, very importantly, are wide leg cropped pants acceptable for the over 60 crowd? Oh, Jesus Wait, Christ. Wait, can you repeat that She just last flew part? like 40,000 miles. So she's asking how Democrats no, and Biden can improve their tactics and messaging, I assume to younger people. And also equally as importantly, are wide legged cropped pants acceptable over 60? I just want to say that's so... Hi, Pam. I just want to say that is so interesting that that was brought up towards Biden in messaging when for the last four years we had Trump and his messaging wasn't. Well, I think something that would be helpful for our generation is that we are missing like what we feel like a backbone in our like in our leaders and like yeah. in our president and our um, people that are that are in, in charge. charge in Congress and, and legislation, like people that say things, but then do not back it up with action. And I think 
something that Republicans and conservatives do really well is they say crazy shit, but then they also do crazy shit. And that's promising for people who believe in crazy shit. And I think that when you are trying, I think that the Democratic Party in the past three years, just from my perspective, it seems like they're they've been with Biden trying to lead into more of like the middle of the road crowd mm-hmm. to like appeal to more people. And I think they're realizing that doesn't work. But then also something like the Green New Deal and like working on legislation that is the complete opposite, you know, realm of things that is like lib all the way doesn't really work either. And I think that just has to do with the lack of authenticity and like in our in our office. Yeah. And like, I think it's frustrating. I think we don't care if you're saying trans people are like accepted if you're not going to like actively work mm-hmm. to you know include include those beliefs in legislation and we don't care if you're saying you know whatever like a, it's incredible and amazing and such an, a wonderful thing that we have someone like um KBJ on our Supreme Court like that is so amazing but that's just one step like that's one big step but that is one step and that doesn't evade Joe Biden of all the stuff that he hasn't done for black women and black people. And so I just think, yeah, having more of a backbone. Absolutely. Josie may say that was put so beautifully. Like that was what I was going to say. I was like, I am so like viscerally frustrated with like the Democratic Party because I just feel like it lacks sincerity. That's Mm. the easiest way to put it. Like it's so disingenuous. Like stop giving us these like, like, superficial, aesthetically pleasing, diversity moments, but not actually... You don't fucking mean it. But not sitting on the floor and saying what you're supposed to, like, and letting shit like the Build Back Better plan, not that it was perfect, just, like, fall through the cracks. And, like, I think that that's where that large disconnect between generations are, is, like, we are so passionate and so frustrated with the world in which we are in, and then we feel like we're just simply being like pandered to. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, we're, we're doing this and we're doing that. And it's, yes, at the same time, there can be duality. We can acknowledge KBJ. That is so beautiful. That is a step in the right direction. But like, we're not doing enough. Like we can, I can acknowledge and we, all three of us can acknowledge, like we are standing on the, like the amazing activists and ancestors and politicians that were doing the right things. Right. But like, I feel like, the Democratic Party, in my opinion, is so comfortable with being lukewarm and and okay with like pacifying issues rather than doing like creating tangible change. And that is my frustration. So I feel like to answer the specific question of how do the Democratic Party or how does the Democratic Party um, properly like market towards Gen Z is just be more sincere, be more real and actually give us plans that seem more tangible rather than pacifying and rather than saying, well, we, we've done enough. You know what I mean? It's that it's that whole idea of like, oh, well, Obama was was like so problematic. We're like, oh, Obama was in office. Like, you're black. Be happy that you're black in America. Bitch, what the fuck? And the like, second part of your question, absolutely not. If you're short, don't fucking wait, wear no, them. no, I was going to say yes. No, if you're short, don't do it. It's okay. going to make you look shorter and weirder. And if you're tall, I guess, pop off, whatever. I love Coming a wide from, moment. Coming like, the shortest person here, <laughs> wear whatever the hell you want. Um, also, I mean, I'm just trying to help her. Damn. Okay. Josie. This became fashion police. You don't police. wear wide leg pants. You no. wear wide leg leggings and they actually are cute. Yeah, because my ass looks great in them. So I'm saying Pam's ass might look great in them. Pam, wear a wide pant. But also but going like back, I'm going to just end this little f- question with uh, the great Lynn manuel Miranda's writing again. of If you stand for nothing, 
what will you fall for? And I think the Democrats need to take a hard listen to that. I love that we will incorporate Hamilton into everything. <laughs> like, it's 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 I a problem, like the, but I'm like proud. no Republicans saw Hamilton. No, they probably did. They did. No, Mike Pence did, oh, yeah. and everyone was like, Ooh, They did, and they were like, right. oh my God, black and brown people so talented. Yay, history. Bye, bitches. Let me oppress you. That's Fun what fact, they did. Lin-Manuel also wrote the Bring It On musical. Period. Um, I'm obsessed stop. with that man. He's my We dad. love him. Okay, okay so Next last question. question. He's actually on this episode. Um, Janet, who's 64 in L.A., is asking the really pressing question. I was wondering just today how young people attach those giant eyelashes onto their eyes every day. Um, so today was difficult for me. That's so <laughs> funny that you literally asked that question because Alicia and I talk about this almost every, every time day. we hang out, which is every day. Every day. Um, hi, Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. I'm going to let you know how we do it. Some of us don't. I do not know how to put on lashes. I wish I would. If, if I could pay a fee... And it would allow me to know how to put on lashes. I would pay that fee. But I fully um, am incompetent when it comes to putting on lashes. So I don't. So I am in just as wonder as you are. <laughs> I, I'm such like, I say it to Josie every day. And I'm like, how? Like, No, mine are bad today. No, she's not. But usually like, they're good. And you know what's so funny? My housekeeper and I are going to a party Saturday night together. Rosa. And, yeah, we I love, love her. her. And she asked me, she's like in her 60s. She asked me if I could FaceTime her before when we're yes. getting ready and teach her how to put them on. Aww. And I gave her a pair of her first fake lashes. So Rosa and I are going to get lit. She's going to have her lashes did. I'm very excited about um, that. I, I think that's incredible. Um, For the people who don't wear lashes, I see you. <laughs> I'm here for you. And I'm with you. And it's okay. And I don't because I was blessed. Um, Did blessed, she just use this as a flex? Also blessed with a $75 um, like budget to buy a lash serum, which made your lashes grow. Girl, you fight, do the same fight, damn fight, thing. Fight, fight. Anyway, don't ask Alicia. Do I use lash yes, serum? Yes, you, you use liaison. No, ask Alicia. Do the I girls use lash, are fighting. Alicia, before, Pera, ba before bed, do I use lash serum? Have you yo, ever seen me? Yo, I'm not you, doing this with you. Alicia, have you ever yo, seen me? I'm not going to put me in the middle of no funny shit. Yes, Anyways, she back does. to Jenny. Back to Jenny. Yo, 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 yo. I don't know Wall and Allie do. Save it for later. <laughs> back to Janet. If you don't know how to put on lashes, that's okay. But we can learn together because I'm learning right now as the girls are fighting. Anyway, Anyways. so live, laugh, love, Janet. Um, Peace, love, okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah, anyway. Oh. So, first of all, thank you to all oh. the elders who went out of their thank way to... Thank you for being old, honestly. Yeah, thank you for your service to this podcast um we're grateful for these questions you like blew us away with them i'm like balls to the walls so happy um no but thank you for asking these questions um this is one of my favorite segments because we kind of have that connect of the young and the old Durr. Durr. okay guys well can I just say, today was really insightful and honestly very helpful for me. Also made me realize how sort of scared I am to speak about these types of topics publicly just because I don't want to mess up. And mm. I'm talking about church and state, obviously not Addison Rae and her mom. Um, and so I think I was like, found myself being a lot more discernful and intentional than I normally am when I'm speaking. And I think that's important. And I also think I learned a lot from the two of you. So I just want to say I'm really happy about the conversation we had. Thank you. I agree, Josie. It was a very insightful conversation. And I think all three of us like had a lot of care with it and we're worried. And I think that's how most people feel. Like when we talk about these things and also like when we talk about it candidly in regards to like the digression of like, our rights and, and like where we're going as a society. Cause I, I personally do feel like 
that's what we're experiencing in real time. Yeah, and also to say that we're not experts, and I know we said that. Absolutely. Earlier, but we're just I trying also, to figure this shit out together. We're just trying to figure this out, and like, thank you guys for listening, like being on this ride with us, and just constantly evolving to to like be more educated and to learn. And if this has taught you anything, you should all just go to your nearest church and <laughs> and take off all your clothes and come out as gay and. As the- don't let the law tell you otherwise. And don't put your opinions on other people, honey. You can love God without being an awful person. And in the words of Beyonce, drop it, church girl. Much love. We love you. That's our show, guys. I just want to give a quick shout out from everyone here at Dare We Say, but especially from Josie, Alicia, and I to our favorite intern at Crooked, Ella Price. Ella, thank you so much for being a ride or die for our podcast and being such an important person here. I can't wait to see what you do on Be Real. Ella, you're a goddamn legend. Yes. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here. And thank you for putting up with all our shit and setting through our meetings. Yeah, Jesus. Like, we could not do this without our amazing team, but specifically Ella, who we've had for the last few months. So shout out to you, sis. Ella, we love Yay. you. We love you, Ella. Have fun at school. Party for Ella, me. go mesh. Go blue. Guys, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank and you so much, guys. Thank we, you. We honestly appreciate it. No, no, it. genuinely Please. thank you. Yeah. Also, stay along for the ride, guys. We're going to Don't forget talking. to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Us. Tell us um, you think we're amazing and stay engaged and stay hot and stay intelligent and drink lots of water and uh, goodbye. Love yourself and love other people. Bye, y'all. And use a vibrator. Dare We Say is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our showrunner, producer, and mommy. And Ari Schwartz is our producer and show daddy. Fiona Pastana is our associate producer, and Sandy Girard is the almighty executive producer. It's hosted and produced by me, Josie Toda. And me, Yasmin Hamadi. And me, Alicia Pascual Peña. Vasilis Fotopoulos and Charlotte Landis, they are both our engineers. Brian Vasquez is our editor and theme music composer. Our video producers are Matt DeGroote, Narm Melkonian, and Dylan Villanueva and Mia Kelman. Lastly, thank you to Jordan Silver, Gabriella Leverett, Jesse McLean, Caroline Haywood, Shayna Hortzman, Daisy Cruz, Danielle Jensen, and Awa Okaladi for marketing the show and making us look so damn good. Damn good.